Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to the latest episode of Lethal Podcast. Uh, sorry for the delay. We were all out hunting the last couple of weeks and recording just wasn't going to happen. Uh, but we were able to get together this week and sit down to recap our spring season so far and give you guys an update on some of the other stuff we've been working on as well. Uh, we do have some cool guests coming up soon, so be sure to stay tuned for coming episodes and be sure to check that out. Really excited. A couple people have been trying to get on for a while and I think we're finally going to be able to make it work. Um, as always, this podcast is fueled by Hunter's Blend Coffee. Go to huntersblend.com and get some delicious coffee. Use code ABF, all caps, at checkout and 10% of your order will be donated to the Ashby Bowhunting Foundation. Uh, and now you can use that on the subscription model as well. Just set it up and get a bag every couple weeks. Your life will be easier that way, I promise. It's delicious coffee, you won't regret it. Uh, but thanks again for tuning in, and enjoy the episode. <laughs> yeah, <we're> recorded. <laughs> Whoops. Is, is that a problem? We're just sitting here bullshitting and yeah. Well, I do. I I, I still have to do more work after I get off. The, oh, after you? I get off, and I need to edit this by tomorrow. So it'll be a be a fun two days. Uh, we did get my wife's tire figured out though, which is well, good. Well, that's well, good. That's good. Did you yeah. just need a plug or something. Um, and we plugged it because it wouldn't hold air to get to the place, and then we had them patch it. Mm-hmm. It was it wasn't anywhere anywhere near the sidewall. It was pretty much on the tread. So that's good. Yeah, half of a scissor got stuck in there. What the so fuck? Wow. I have, I have no idea. <laughs> I have absolutely no clue. That's but, kind of uh, impressive. Alrighty then. Yeah, I, I went to I grabbed some pliers and I'm pulling on it, and like an inch pulls out. I'm pulling on it and another inch pulls out and I'm pulling on it and another inch pulls out and I'm like, what is this thing? And I finally got it and all And you're the way also out. like, man, like, this has never happened in my life. Yeah. And, uh, but I'm, oh, oh, <laughs> that, was, that was a dick joke, man. That was, that was only, it's only at four inches too. <laughs> oh man, this is going to be a great podcast. <laughs> it's going to be great. Don't don't worry about it. Uh, I'm already down in the dumps because my turkey season was horrible. You now you're have making, had now you're making dick jokes. You have had just like a really rough patch here. Yeah, just in general, you're not having a good time. Yeah. Like, well, I feel like I hope that's the third thing because yeah, as bad things come in threes, and I'm 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 counting my bow as number one. Uh, and then now my yeah, my new obviously. my newly acquired my newly acquired hunting rig being down as number two, and now my wife's uh, thing is number three. So yeah, so um, apparently it's not just limbs that blow up on Botex; it's also roller guards, flex guards. What is what's the proper term for that? A roller a flex, flex guard. guard? I don't know. It's a flex, it's a flex guard. guard. It's a flex guy. guard. Yeah. yeah, whatever that is, uh, it popped out. Kind of seemed like whoever broke, you well, yeah, and, whoever you bought it from tightened it down way too much. It seems like, dude. Well, that's what it so, looked like. So uh, I don't know if I told you guys this when when Evan and I uh, tuned that thing up, mm. that thing was a mess, an absolute mess. He yeah. had the draw lengths at two different points on the cam 
So well, he was at like get the the sink right. He, he oh had to get God. him stopping at the same time. It was at like twenty eight and a half and twenty nine were the two <laughs> uh, draw stop uh, where the draw stops were set. Um, when he sent me the pictures, he showed me like two nicks on it and was like only marks. And then it shows up, and then I sent you guys the picture yeah, of you're the like, what lower happened to this thing, <laughs> dude. That thing was beat to shit. And then on top of that, the bushing for the stabilizer on the front was just like completely loose. Huh? Like it's not it's not stripped, but like it's still thre- it, the the bushing threads in and out, but the bushing threads in and out. It shouldn't do that, right? Like it should it should stay, obviously. Yeah. So, yeah, either the guy, I think the guy before me, oh, and the there was a serving separation on the current strings, which were new, according to him. <laughs> yeah, okay. So, I mean, if you get a shitty string builder, then yes, that is possible, but. Yeah, but I mean, he should at least look at it. Well, like, I mean, just looks, I mean, by the sounds of what you've just described, he's never looked at that bow. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's very true. Yeah, it's very true. Right. <laughs> So, yeah. So then while uh, I was literally, I literally just fletched up some hybrids on the TDTs and I was, and I was going to go outside. I went outside to shoot a couple with broadheads and just see how they flew. And I shot two, went back, shot, uh, so I only had two arrows, shot those two, grabbed them, came back, shot one. And as I was drawing back on the fourth shot of the evening, it just like blew up like the roller guard flex, like flipped off the release flew out of my hands, came down, like smacked me in the chest. Somehow I had like a, like a baseball size bruise on my chest for a while. Hmm. And, uh, yeah, it was awesome. It was really cool. <laughs> so, uh, uh, so that ruined, uh, me bow hunting for Turkey. And then I was running around the woods with a four ten, which was, oddly fun like for not hunting with a shotgun for a while it was it was hunting with a 410 i at least felt like a little handicapped uh but man that that tss have you guys or do you guys like know much about turkey shot dude tss is stupid okay so long story short but man if you want to get into like some badass science tss is neat so um turkey loads are typically lead right uh, um, and Garrett, do, do you know how like shot size works yeah. for shotgun? Okay. Okay. So typically for turkeys, you shoot four, five, and six. Those, those are your, your typical sizes that you shoot for your shot size. Hmm. Uh, most guys shoot fives or sixes. Not many people shoot fours, uh, but some do and can, I guess. Interesting. But TSS is number nine. Uh, um, but their number nines weigh as much as a either a number five or a number six, and it's because their number nine. I thought it was t- six. It's, yeah, is it so tungsten? Is that they're made out of it's it's tungsten mm. instead of yeah. lead, so it's way more dense, mm-hmm. and so you can fit in a hell of a lot more, and it's the same weight, and it's the same overall weight. Uh, you can fit in more, and you just got like way more shots available. Hmm. So then within TSS, they did some type of like. I don't know, voodoo magic to keep it like really tight. But I mean, realistically before like a 410, even with a full choke and like some type of turkey load, 
15 to 20 yards absolute max right. like that's yeah. like you need them in your lap to shoot them mm-hmm. this tss dude 45 50 yards huh. easy like it's crazy I, I patterned my wife's out to 37 and i was like this would be a I, I can't draw a turkey head in in this like basketball size target i was shooting at right. and and it not hit anything mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, TSS is really cool. A buddy of mine named Daniel, uh, who actually, he works for CZ. Um, he Daniel, like cut one open. Uh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> dude. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've, uh, I've, I've already picked his brain. I'm like, yo dude, shadow two, like hook me up. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, just go ahead and get uh, two yeah. of those. He, Send one my way. Yeah, I would say you say you want a shadow too, right? Yeah, yeah uh, uh, dude, the I want one in one of the, in the like that like blaze orange. Yes. Oh, it's so sick, so sick. Uh, Rob, have you ever shot a a CZ? I have not. Oh. But I have looked at them. They're I love the seventy five so much. They don't move at all. Oh, dude. Like, yeah. if you think a Glock nineteen uh, doesn't move when you shoot it, shoot a CZ. Yeah, CZ seventy five and SPL one. If you can get a hold of it, like yeah, oh, absolute. That was the first. That was the first one of those that I ever shot. I was like, oh, oh, what is this? Yeah, SPL ones are dope. (laughs) And the thing is, they're not. They're not that expensive. You can find seventy fives for four five hundred bucks. Like yeah, the base models around here like five to six. Yeah, yeah, they're not. They're not. SPL ones are kind of harder to come by, but. They are. They, well, but CZ doesn't pump out guns like crazy like yeah. other people. So, mm-hmm. uh, but they're, uh, but Dan Wesson is made by CZ. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, so they're a high end 1911 manufacturer and uh, CZ either owns them or, I mean, they're all made out of the Dan Wesson custom shop, mm-hmm. but CZ owns the company and oversees it. So those are also nice to shoot. They are. They're really yep. nice. I'm not, I'm not a big 1911 guy, but, uh, from a practicality pre- standpoint, no. But yeah. from a fun aspect, oh, they're awesome, man! Nineteen lemons are awesome. Ton of fun, yeah. Uh, I were really, they make one called the Bruin? That's a it's like a six inch ten millimeter. Oh, I need I need that, but it's also a couple thousand dollars. But anyway, so yeah, so uh, I couldn't hunt with a bow. Um, not like it mattered because turkeys don't exist in Missouri anymore. Um, it's cause you killed them all, man. Yeah, this is that, your fault. Yeah. This, you know, that's, that's the story that I'm going to stick to. I like <laughs> either that. that or you need to start doing some coyote hunting. Uh, it could be that as well. Well, you know, at my farm, it's not so much coyotes, I think, as it is raccoons and possums. Start and killing then, those then just man. Well, I I need to go down there and just lay waste. I, I would I would I've really wanted to learn how to trap, but my farm's you know two hours away, so it's it's tough Man. for me to, you know I, I can't set live traps. Yeah, and, and there's a guy you know, I know that yeah. uh, in Ohio. He like one of his main things that he does is just hunt um, raccoons, but he has I think he's like sponsored by Icotech, like the the call electronic call company mm, you know about? Okay. like the cheaper version of the fox pros or whatever sure. um but he uses an air rifle and those calls and he kills like fucking 30 of them a day there's Holy so shit. many but ever since he started laying waste to all the 
all the raccoons, there's tons of turkeys where he lives now too. So, yeah, yeah. But they lay, yeah, they so, lay waste to freaking it's all tied together. Yeah, they lay waste to turkey nests. Yeah. Well, man, you should, uh, if you haven't, there was. It's probably a month and a half, two months old at this point. Probably month, month and a half old. Uh, but there was an episode that Steve Rinella did with a turkey biologist, and the the guy talks about the success rate of nests mm-hmm. and and poults. You know, basically a like a chick. Mm-hmm. Uh, and man, not good, not good. Definitely and not. and hatches in Missouri have been very very low, and we've had un un uh, um, seasonably wet springs. Mm. Uh, uh, the last couple of years, which has killed like all the nests. So hmm. yeah. So basically all the turkeys in Missouri are gone. So I, I literally saw one legal bird this year. The rest, I saw a couple of hens, uh, but I saw one legal bird. Hmm. So that's, and he was a long, long ways away. So that's two weeks and, and across a river. <laughs> <laughs> two weekends ago, I saw a ton of birds, a couple of properties away from where I was hunting. Mm-hmm. Um, that's I had one really active tom that was uh, roosting probably like 200 yards off of our property. Mm-hmm. And it was unfortunately not the side that goes into the public. It was one of the into the other private properties. And so I was literally I was starting like behind our property in the public. And talking with them. And I could hear him starting to move towards the road, Mm -hmm. which is towards uh, a farm that's over there. There's a, a big field that they end up going to and i was doing a bit of calling he'd respond i'd hear him again a little bit further up i would move 30 40 yards and i i was like he was getting closer but by the time i he was maybe 75 yards away and i could start seeing you know him between brush like on occasion, mm-hmm. we were at the road, and he was crossing over into the next private property. Perfect. Yeah, that's how it goes. So, I got him like halfway, but that don't really count for much. So, I'll be I'll be chasing this weekend again. Yeah, I had that's, one. Uh, I think the closest I got to one was like two hundred yards, and then they turned and went the other direction. I'm like, oh, that's nice. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> You later. Like, oh, that's cool. Oh, you're leaving. Uh, oh, I'll okay, be. Good. I'll be hunting a complete unknown to me area this weekend. Um, but I'll be with uh, Alex. Oh, nice. so that's her goal is to to put me on on some birds. She's got eyeballs on a couple of different nice toms. Yeah, she's got patterns. So is it is it boucan or bukin? Or Buckin. How do you say it? Oh, you're last putting name. me on the spot here. <laughs> I, I, I think it's uh, Buchan. You, okay. I think. 
I feel like but you changed your mind three I, times as I, I was coming I, I out of your mouth. <laughs> like, I don't think I've ever actually heard her say it. Yeah. Like, it's, well, that's fair. I mean, she, you it's, can't it's really like she names. can't. Bl- well, I and I I know. Well, and it's Bobbert for you. It's not Robert. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, She's so, got her own little nicknames. Yeah. Well, and uh, I'm I match you so. Yeah. Uh, uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, she can't be mad at you, but I don't, I don't blame you for not wanting to piss her off. Uh, so, <laughs> oh man. Well, it's hilarious. Cause league started up a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. One club in the area that, uh, is all outdoor and they set the targets up once a week and you, it's a honor system. So you mm. can show up there before work, after work, whenever, and run the course they you know they typically want you to have you know a witness right um but you can run the course anytime before 6 p.m on sunday and then after 6 p.m they switch the targets around and they set up for the next week hmm. um and so because of that they kind of got around some of the uh lockdown stuff and uh so we actually have league going on and You've got both of us running TDTs. <laughs> it's it's a 10-target course that you each shooter does three shots per target. So there's three oh, stakes geez. per target. Yeah. And, oh, there was so much cringing. <laughs> Every slap. And, oh. and that's the previous weeks I was shooting traditional and so she really didn't have much to worry about right because i was just trying to get it in vitals mm-hmm. like right i i was not trying to pinpoint the, the little you know heart on these cardboard cutouts right and uh of course i i just set up the the ilf mm-hmm. i oh you're shooting those well i, I hadn't yet i i shot the oh, bear okay. but then i got the ilf set up and I I got a couple of arrows built for it, and work ran late, and so I was rushing. I grabbed the bow, and my compound I've I've got in my truck because I've been turkey hunting with it. Mm-hmm. And I get to the course, I pull the ILF out, and I'm like, I don't see my arrows. I didn't grab my arrows. They're still sitting in the rack in the shop. Uh, oh, no. <laughs> so that's I ran the compound, <laughs> and that's when things got interesting. <laughs> and what happens? She's all concerned about me breaking all of her arrows. And, I mean, we stacked them in there on a handful of targets. But yeah. what happens? She breaks mine. <laughs> <laughs> like, of that, course. That's funny. How so, rude, uh, Alex. I had, to, I had to give her crap. Yeah. I mean, she posted a picture the other day. She was piling them in there. Wasn't that was- uh, hers and mine? Oh, was it? Yeah. that's I have I have yellow and white X veins. She has yellow and white A&A cut feathers. She sent me one picture the other day, and I was giving her shit because uh, you guys, like, she said that if you get it in the heart or whatever, that's a ten or something like that. And yeah, so it's, yeah, it's get, a, so it's I, a, I like I like that scoring. <laughs> I shared it with my buddy Dallas, and uh, and I said, hey, like next time you go shoot around, score it this mm-hmm. way. And he said, I'm gonna go shoot tonight. And then 
afterwards he said i don't like rob's scoring system <laughs> so from, from what someone uh commented I, i'm blanking on who commented on my post um but it's um was it amo scoring here i just i just pulled it up um fred bear scoring it was uh, alex uh-huh. Sorensen that that commented it um mm. But they, I guess it's now an IBO scoring platform. Mm. What is it really? Um, so what it is, is you have um, the heart is 10. Mm-hmm. A- any vitals outside of the heart is five. Mm-hmm. Anything outside of the vitals still on the body is a negative five and then a miss is zero. Hmm. So it's, it's incentivizing, cl- you know, lethal shots. Right. In, in the score, you're better off to miss than to make a bad shot. Hmm. And so scores can range a lot because you you throw a couple of vitals in and you're you know quickly behind you know what what top score would potentially be mm-hmm. right but i mean you throw one bad shot in there where you know you you hit a little bit below the heart and you're outside of the vitals on on the target and now you're negative 15. Yeah. Yeah. Like you, you pick the wrong spot and you stack three arrows right there and you get a negative 15 for a round. <laughs> that, that's a bad day. Uh, oh, I yeah. was giving her shit because she said that like you guys shot fine. Like you were in the heart and lungs or whatever. But uh, I think you each had one in the heart and then the others were in the lungs or whatever right above it yeah and, yeah. and she's she sent me that group i was like oh well you both suck and she's like shut up <laughs> <laughs> it, it was funny because I, I i remember that target and both of us were when we were shooting were thinking that we had hit high mm. Mm. Or, well no that's i had shot and said that i hit high and then, you know, what normally happens when you're following someone and can see their arrows is you just ended up, you know, looking at the arrows and then yeah. where your, your arrows go. Yeah. Well, it turns out she was blind, by the way, apparently, I think. Previously. Uh, I, I think at that time. Yeah. Was she blinded when she was shooting that or was no. that before? No. Okay. She, she got her contact. She was gotcha. able to get in and. That she, she was legally blind before that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, man, I don't like. I don't feel like my vision is that bad right now. But I feel like I. I feel like I need to go like get contacts again because oh, uh, my, the last couple of years, like working, like being back in IT, it's been staring at screens for ten hours a day is just ruining yeah. my vision. So that's right now. I am wearing like glasses that were three pairs ago mm. because I, I i i know i broke one pair and i think i lost one pair but i'm down to one 
one set of contacts, so I need stuff to like open up and have time to go get contacts. Yeah. Yep. Heard but. that. Side note, before we move on to some other stuff we had talked about, talking about, uh, did you guys see that Dudley and Spot Hog are going to do some stuff together now? I did. Yeah. I saw his. It, I saw it's, his. It it's must probably going to be some aesthetic changes. Yeah, I was going to say, mm-hmm. I saw that. I, he had one of his a lime green stuff. He had one of his sites on the bow yesterday when he like one of his Instagram videos or whatever. And mm. it's just got like his knock on logo. And then the rings are they look like they were just green and white. Instead of yellow, instead of yellow. And yeah, just like subtle changes the like pointer, that. The, 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 the pointers the are pointer anodized green was green yeah. instead of blue. My pointer is purple. Which, Mine's purple, purple, too. I'm Rob's colorblind. colorblind. Oh, yeah, I forgot. Come on. <laughs> Blue, purple, same thing. I forgot about that. Don't, yeah. don't blame me. That's, oh, that's uh, fine. Honestly, that's one thing that's always kind of bothered me with Spot Hog was the coloring. Like, I always swap out the blue string and uh, for my for my ham ski. But, mm-hmm. like, on Spot Hog, it's like I can't swap out the pointer. Mm-hmm. Like, well, I mean, and it's like, why? Why is it blue? Just so you know, purple? it's purple. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, Ugh, oh, I, I will always forget that Rob's colorblind <laughs> like that, right? There. Now, now at DSC next year, I'm gonna be holding up blue and purple things all the time. Be like, what's what? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. I, I appreciate that. Uh, now I'm gonna get now now I'm gonna get blue and purple strings and be like, is this solid or is it, <laughs> eh, or is it is it two different colors? It would, it would are you like shades? I say, are you like my buddy? Because uh, my one of my like my best friend that I grew up with, uh, he's colorblind, but we always called him color dumb because like just gets colors confused. So there's not act like you know you can well, still see colors, but like. He got in trouble well, yeah, in like kindergarten because he colored this guy purple. But he's like, no, this is blue. And that was when they figured out he was colorblind. Yeah. So <laughs> colorblind, completely off topic here, but I think we have been for a while. We yeah. have topics so on this colorblind is is not that you don't see color. I mean, that is the thing sometimes, that, but yeah, you just get colors confused. Yeah, I mean, right? that is like an extreme, extreme case. Yeah. Um but your your eyes, depending on the type of colorblind you are, um, your eyes, because of where, um, uh, I forget what it is, but something, there's different cones in your eyes. And if mm-hmm. they're out of place, you lose the ability to see different spectrums. Hmm. So like... If I look at a color scale of like sky blue through like, you know, like a deep purple. Right. I can tell at the ends that it's blue and purple. But in between, it's just but like the closer that. we the closer we get together, the less that I, I won't know where it changes. Hmm. Like I'll start calling it purple before it's blue. And I might look at this one and say, well, that that looks more purple you know, blue than this, but that's on this side of the scale. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and it's, it's a, a differentiation of those hues. That's the same thing with like red, green, brown spectrum is 
Oh yeah, what color like, do stoplights look, look at, like to you? Uh, for the most part, I I can see that. Like if I look at a color wheel, I can I can pick out the the base colors. Mm. Hmm. Is that from? But is that from like, being? If you're like, is that from like being told like, that that's the colors, or like you know what I mean? Well, I mean, part of it is that I've learned what different variations are. Yeah. Right. Um, but like, if I just look at like a basic, like super simple color wheel, mm. I can I can pick them out because they're like true colors. Mm-hmm. So it's like blue, blue, and like purple, purple, and like a bright red and you know, grass green, right? Yeah. But like you start getting into like your dark reds mm-hmm. and I'm, yeah, it's a flip of a coin as to what color I'm going to call it. I think we're going to have to change this to the colorblind podcast. <laughs> so that's, uh, that's why when I'm tracking, that? I rely on much. Uh, somebody that spent $30,000 on 75 horsepower that lives right next to me. Oh. Nice. Yeah, it's pretty That's sweet. Good. Love that Harley. It's awesome. <laughs> but like when I'm tracking, I look, I focus much more on physical sign mm-hmm. than blood because sure. I can, yeah. I can clearly pick out, you know, overturned leaves and, and, you know, hoof prints, broken sticks, stuff like that. You know, physical, yeah, evidence. normal tracking skills for, yeah, like most people only look at blood though that I talk. Yeah, that's why they lose like, shit all they, the time. They, they won't pick up. They won't pick up that. Oh well, you can tell that you know you're putting more weight on this side, and like this, this is my my deer. Yeah, like I hit him here. I know that that leg is is probably screwed up or busted. Like the weight's all on this side. He's dragging that one. You know, you can tell a lot if you know what you're looking at. Right. That's why people but lose stuff I'll all the walk time. Right pa- I'll walk right past the giant puddle of blood. <laughs> and they're like, oh, man, look at this. And you're like, huh? Oh, I like, just thought the leaves were wet. That, that that happened two years ago. We're tracking a doe, and I'm I'm sitting here weaving my way through this, like, batch of saplings. You know, you've got, like, a foot between the trees, and I'm sitting here just, like, wiggling around. And I'm like, okay, I like, I've got to hear. But there's a lot of traffic here. I'm lost. Mm -hmm. Like this is just all beat. And my buddy's coming up behind me. He's like, "Well, it it bedded right there." (laughs) I'm like, "What? How how do you know?" Like, look at the pool of blood. Like, huh? We're in a swamp. Everything's wet. (laughs) Like, I, 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 that nope. It it, that looks like black. That that's like swamp. Like, there's no blood here. Get out of here. I don't need your negativity. <laughs> so it makes things interesting. It definitely helps to have a friend that uh, can help. Mm-hmm. <laughs> where do we, where do we get on? The t- oh, it was Dudley. Um, yes. I was like, how do we talk about that? Well, rabbit speaking holes upon rabbit holes. Yeah, there we go. Well, speaking of new products uh, today, uh, did they announce it today or was it yesterday for RMS gear? Today. I think it was today. This morning. Today. I think so, we're talking about it. Yeah, so RMS Gear uh, announced that they are coming out with a new three blade that looks yep. very interesting that I like a lot. 
And I um, dislike three blades with a passion, but that head looks nice. Yeah. Yeah. We don't need your yeah. negativity over three blades in here. <laughs> but uh uh yeah i'm into that i i really like what they did with the front of it because i think that's kind of the achilles i've got this freaking gnat in my office and it's you're gonna hear like random claps out of me until i kill this little dude um see i can't even kill a gnat let alone a flipping turkey um it's not so worth, it's not worth the struggle matt let it go yeah, you need some chopsticks. I'll call Bobby up, get some chopsticks. Um, so uh, the Achilles heel to me for the majority of three blade heads um, has been that they end up with like a what did what did Brent call it? I've always called it like a needle tip, but like a like a pencil tip kind of like I think is what he called end. It. Yeah, and uh, it's just not very durable mm-hmm. um uh, especially if it's made out of a not awesome steel um but on the rms gear they kind of like beefed up like they filled in like the front of it and like yeah. gave it some uh uh some what's the word i'm looking for the reinforcement they gave it some reinforcement on the front and yeah that thing looks beefy and i'm into it especially that 200 or the yeah the 200 grain that 200 grain looked freaking monstrous yeah. and i'm into it so well that's i like the 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 convex design mm-hmm. that's i i'm a huge fan of from a durability standpoint i'm a huge fan of convex blades because it i mean on top of what you just covered that the the three blades are are being reinforced at the tip and tied together in between those blades, right? But then with the convex design, you've got more material and more blade at the front. There's just more support overall. Yeah. And I I really like that aspect. That's and I think they they just look nice, but yeah, they look. Uh, he looks pretty good. I I do enjoy the look of that broadhead a lot. And in addition to that, I think at the same time, I'm pretty sure, unless I like read it incorrectly, uh, I think they're going to be releasing the wide cut at the same time. So, yeah, I think so. Matthew is going to be ordering a three pack of each in 200 grains to add to my 200 grain stable. Same. If you can never have too many. Man, if you're shooting. <sighs> Siri, you trying to talk to me? Shut up, Siri. Uh, if you're going to. I feel like if you're going to bump up in head weight and like you want you want to get to a weight where there's a lot of really good broadheads being offered 200s it. I know I think I've oh, yeah. said that before, but yeah, man, I, at I this have point, that conversation with people daily. Yep. Of, you know, guys that are, you know, playing with test packs and playing with like, you know, doing the ranch ferry thing and they're going, you know, Oh, well I ended up like a one fifty or a one seventy five. I'm like, well, if those are the only two options and one fifty, yeah, because 175 is super slim. Yeah, it's pretty desolate in those in but, that weight. Yeah, but tweak tweak the component a little bit, something, or or allow yourself just to go a little heavier. Right, and go to 200. I mean, 
there's there's a definite void. Yeah. From one twenty five to two hundred. Yeah. There, sure. There's there's a decent offering at one fifty, but I mean one seventy five is basically non existent, and yeah, it's basically because trajectory wise, one twenty five and one fifty isn't all that much of a difference, and more people buy a one twenty five. So I don't, you know, from an overhead standpoint, companies are just going to go with the one that sells more. Yeah. Yeah, the couple the, the couple of polls well do two hundred. Yeah, the couple of polls we've ran for guys that shoot higher front of center, one twenty five was the most popular, but two hundred was like nipping at its heels. I don't so. understand. I mean, I don't know. Maybe it's because I've shot two hundred or one eighty for three years now, four years now. I don't understand yeah. why. Well, and that's. I mean, I get it. I guess from the standpoint that. 125s are more available but i don't i don't know why people are so dead set on having their weight in their components versus the head itself i just don't understand agreed like just put the put the beef in the part that actually does the killing not to mention if you if you put the weight in the head it bumps your foc up a little bit more Yeah. yeah well and i think a chunk of it is a lot of guys that are coming into this realm are comfortable with, you know, I guess a head that they're familiar with. Yeah, but those heads are normally and shitty. Agreed. But it's one where, okay, so say I, I've bumped my weight up to 500 grains, right? I've, I've got a heavier component. It's using a 125 tip and I'm, I'm going to try, you know, this supposedly better 125 two blade or whatever. Right. But I've never seen one of these things before. No one that I, I talk to or know personally says that it's a good idea. At least if it's a 125, I can go back to, you know, what I'm used to. That's the kind of mentality that, that gets conveyed to, to me working with customers. Sure. That makes sense. It's it's a confidence thing where everyone that they know their shop, their friends are going, what are you doing? Yeah. And so it, it gives them a little bit of confidence to go, okay, well, if this doesn't fly well, if I shoot something and I'm I'm really not happy with the performance, I can always go back to what I've done and have a heavier arrow with that same broadhead. I guess. And it's I think that it's completely unfounded because those people just generally don't know what they're talking about or just have I mean, it's the same thing. I mean, as soon as you get it. over like a 450 grain arrow is when most of those guys start asking the what are you doing question. Oh, exactly. Yeah. So, yep. I mean, it, it's it's people not knowing and therefore blaming it and being afraid of it. But that ties that plays into what people are comfortable buying, you know, that jump to 200 can can seem substantial when everyone around you is already questioning what you're doing. 
I guess, but I mean, yeah. they're putting it, they're putting you the know. weight in it anyways, is what I like. That's the part that I don't agree. I don't follow. Yeah. I'm like, well, it's if you just go off of the total weight of your system up front, like, you know, you can have, you know, 50 grains of insert and 200 grains of head or whatever. Like, I don't, yeah. I mean, I don't know. The, whatever. The challenge. The challenge in a lot of cases is, you know, if, if someone is trying to stay in the high 400s, low 500s, right, for a, a first heavy build, for like a whitetail build or, or whatever the case is, you really, if you, if you are doing a, a more durable component, it's likely going to be I mean, a minimum of 50 grains, more than likely 75 to 100. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like 75 is like the baseline for you have enough stuff for it to make sense. Yeah. So if you've got 75 to 100 grains of component and you're trying to stay around 500. Yeah, that's true. Most of the time that means 100 to 125 grain head. Yeah. You know, if, if you're willing to go up to 550, 575. Now you could, you know, definitely start considering that flip flop where you're going, okay, I could do that same, you know, 100 grain component, 75 grain component. And now I put a 200 grain head with it and I'm going to get up into the mid high 500s. Mm -hmm. But that's that's part of the whole total weight thing. Right. Is when when you're trying to float that 500 line. I mean, you're. Trying you to don't float, have a lot of a lot of weight to work with, right? Trying to float that line in general, you're already. I mean, you're limiting yourself greatly. You're making sacrifices. Yeah, which I want people to be heavier, so it's good that they're going heavier. But they're also like, I don't know. Do you want to do it or do you not want to do it? Is kind of where like that's how I look at it. Yeah, I mean, I guess in their defense like and i mean realistically like i know we've we've said before and i'll say it again like if we could just get people to 500 grains i feel like we'd be in a lot better spot yeah. and if that means 125 grain head and I'm, there are some i I'm mean there are some good 125s now so there's that but there well there yeah, are agreed. there are however there aren't many good 125 single bevels right uh that uh, well let me let me rephrase that there, there are a couple of good ones i don't think there are any that aren't vented besides yeah. uh, Th- that's where um rms besides cutthroats yeah yeah and oh yeah single bevel yeah i think just rms then i think that's yeah. it man for non-vented yes and that's i mean in a lot of cases that's what you're giving up going to the 125 with a, a higher quality company because they're going to have the same profile the same blade as whatever their more standard weight is. I guess there's the vent it to get the, the one twenty five. Yeah. I mean, there's the, and you could also argue that since it is only a two blade, there's going to be a lot more material, even if it is vented, but well, Oh, I forgot there's So there's the, you got the Strickland helix. Those are one twenty five. Oh yeah. Strickland does make one. Yep. Those are just a pain to sharpen. Yeah, they are pain to sharpen. 
Oh, the they silver, the decent heads though. Are the one twenty five helix before? Are the one twenty five GKs vented? I think they all are, aren't they? Yes, all the silver flames. I guess those are those are, are double bevel mm-hmm. though. Yeah, 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 and they're double bevel. Besides the two tens. Yeah, but pretty much everything under two hundred grains, uh, for for grizzly stick is vented. Yeah, I mean it's a thicker blade, so you're not compromising as much. But yeah, and I mean like those ones. I mean I have a lot of experience with those heads, so I I I guess can speak on them a, a little more confidently. Um, but I mean like the 125 Masai's, the 125 Silver Flame XLs, those are double, but it's a very popular whitetail head. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, I mean in the last three years and this has transitioned from black series to overkills i've got a half dozen guys that every single year put down two to four deer quartering toward right through the shoulder with those heads right and they touch them up and they put them back in the quiver yeah you know and i mean granted whitetail aren't the densest things but when you're going through you know leg bones and going through the scapular ridges it's not a catwalk either so it's i mean for at least in my mind for what a 125 head is primarily going to be used for whitetail pigs stuff like that i think that when they're they're built well like what grizzly stick has or what i mean cutthroats have a a great option uh i mean the vpa double blade the double bevels are a great option Uh, there's a lot of even those are vented which is wild. yeah but i guess my point was for what i would typically consider appropriate game for a 125 head even the vented stuff tends to hold up pretty well right right it's it is going to have a little more drag it is going to have a little more noise there are definite downsides compared to a solid head but is it the end of the world no you know i i would take a vented quality two blade over a lot of other heads mm-hmm. oh for sure in, in that category right yeah so i know i'll probably be crucified by some people but i'd take a vented 125 in multiple different manufacturers than like a 150 solid blade uh uh magnus yeah true true like Something in comparison like that. I mean, that's just a testament to material and design as well. Like, yeah, you know, and, and if you if you design the vents to be in like the correct spot and they're not too like too close to the edge, like, man, that's the I like I would consider the iron wheel wide cut, even though it's vented. Uh, but man, I think it's the hundred grain. It might be the one twenty five, too. But one of them, the 
the cut is way too close to the edge for me. Yeah, it's a like, really thin I, blade section. Yes, very thin. And it worries me, especially after seeing another one, another vented one that wasn't that close to the edge snap right at the corner. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, well, and that's yeah, like I don't placement. I don't like that. Is a big part too, right? Oh, for sure, it's huge. So, like if you if you are talking bone impact, by the time the first half of the blade is in the bone, either that bone is going to break or it's not right. So that's in most cases, if you have venting in the back half of that blade, it's not going to see the same stress level. Yeah. So, that's where I mean, and and that's in a majority of cases, like the brands that we've discussed here, the venting doesn't go super far forward. Yeah, right? it's always like towards the back. The which silver it be. flame is a little more artistic; it's kind of all over the place. Um, but even that, the tip is still, you know, fairly well reinforced. I mean that that design from back when. You know, German Kinetic had the original patents on it. Right. You know, that thing has been proven for for decades. So, yeah. Well, it is what it is. I mean, I'm not I'm not totally against them, but it's just it's difficult for me to talk about structural integrity and to preach structural integrity and then be like, oh, by the way, use these broadheads with holes in them. Yeah. Just. Oh, yeah. Just something about it. I'm just like, man, I don't don't know how I feel about that. (laughs) Yeah. It's, yeah, it's definitely sure. something to consider. Um, but speaking of structural integrity, now I can't even find it. Where the hell did I put it? Uh oh no. Ah, there it is. An arrow build that I hope does not la- lack in structural integrity. How do you like that segue? <laughs> uh, <laughs> those so I got my should be beefy. Yeah, so I got my Aura foot uh system in and I'm much excite much much excite is happening um man i am sold on on double footers so for those who don't know the r foot system is sold by Toughhead, and it's meant to it's it works it, it's just, it's long story longer it's it's an aluminum footer uh for for your shaft um and they can do down to uh, they can do micros. They've got some that are small enough to do micros, uh, which is pretty wild. Um, but, uh, they've got a system where you'll run two footers on top of each other, which can certainly be done with just like buying the correct aluminum arrows. Cause that's essentially what this is. But Jason cuts them and bevels them and make sure they fit and all that fun stuff. And man, just like kind of putting this together roughly, I am very, very excited and I'm working, I'm doing a, a direct bond system on this. And by the way, uh, so I use the gold tip, uh, FOC calculator to like run builds, like possible builds and just see what the predicted front of center is and total weight and everything. Cause it's a, it's a pretty good calculator as far as like putting everything together for you and you can kind of tinker with numbers and stuff like that. Yeah. And for, that front of center, I suppose I could do it right now, but 
uh, I'm pretty sure they were off on front of center by almost 4% because hmm. it was predicting me around 24%. And then I measured it and it was like 28.6. So keep that in mind if you're using the gold <laughs> tip FOC calculator. Uh, yep. Yeah. Which makes me wonder if, uh, if Tim is using higher front of center than even he thinks that'd be kind of funny. <laughs> uh, but, uh, um, anyway, it's, uh, it's, I'm, I'm so pumped for this system. I'm running on a renegade, uh, and, uh, I haven't put these renegades through any type of spine tester yet, but, uh, they look straight, just putting them on a spinner. They spin straight. I like uh, the ones so that I'm, I had. I'm They're pretty, pretty good. Yeah. Oh, did you sell yours? No. Well, I gave them to my buddy. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah, because you were running those for your 3D rig, right? Yeah. For, for just for shooting when in I the summer. When I still had that Prime, that's what I was shooting out of him. I was going to hunt with him, but I couldn't ever get that damn bow to tune, so. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Hawked Fun it. times with the Prime. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but I'm uh, I'm pumped. I'm, I'm, I'm so excited. And, uh, man, I really, like, I want to use some of the heavier tough head stuff, but, man, you can buy... I, I already have, I, t- I completely forgot that I bought like, uh, well, how many do I have? I have 12. I have 12 meatheads. I completely forgot that I bought six and then <laughs> like I bought six more from somebody else. <laughs> and then I was just like going through my stuff the other day because I'm kind of organizing my office and my like archery area down in my basement. I was like, oh, here's two packs of meatheads. And I was like digging through some other stuff. I was like, oh, here's two more packs of meatheads. I have one. I have 12. I have one pack of those. No, tw- oh, well, they're, they're good broadheads. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you can also buy the 190 grain field points, like buy the 50 pack for like 20 bucks. Mm. So, yeah, I, I never need field points again. <laughs> but, um, so, so Matt. <coughs> Here's a mm-hmm. question for you. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. If someone's looking at doing the double footer system, mm-hmm. where are they finding the OD of the longer footer? Because like right now, uh, I, am, I am browsing Tough Head. Mm-hmm. I see the short footer, the, the sh- short arrow footer, and the long mm-hmm. arrow footer. We have 12 different id options mm-hmm. i don't see an od mentioned you don't see an od because jason's putting together a chart to put on the uh, website right okay. now it says That's if you order if you order a number three for your long then you need a number six for your short if you order a number go. yeah yeah perfect clarification so. i and that's i knew that i had talked with jason on some mm-hmm. of this and that I, I had some of that information in emails, mm-hmm. but I was just looking at the, the website going, well, wait a minute. If someone's trying to do this, where's where's that info? Right. So yep. it's coming. Yes, it's coming. So if you go to Tough Head's website, uh, if if it's not up there yet, just send him an email and he'll respond, tell you what you need. But yeah, but I'm pumped. I'm pumped for this build. I'm using the, the Tough Head uh, direct bonds. I'm not using the ethics. Because they're, I think they're a little bit better, if I'm being honest. They're a little bit beefier, and I like how their glue points are. And they're yeah. they're larger to fit the ferrule of tough head stuff better. 
Well, uh, and the tough heads are made by ethics. But it's a different. It's a. They're it's a tough head. not. The, these are not. No. No, that, that changed. These are. Uh, these are different. I know. I know what you're. They're, thinking they're of. different. No, that's. No, no. Th- these these ones are not made by ethics. There's the ethics does make the like the tough adapter where it eats up the entire inside of the feral. You got like the uh, original red the, ones, didn't you, Matt? Yes. Yep. Yeah. There. I think yeah. these are actually made by a boyer. Mm. I think. Oh, okay. So not okay. Different version. Yeah, these are these are not cuttable at all. Yeah, yeah, because that's ethics has the two versions. The, yeah. the new version that is like just their standard glue on. Mm-hmm. But then they were also doing the tough head proprietary yes glue on. Yes, that you know was separate. Yeah. So these, yeah, and those, I would have used those, but they, that, that's what I've they're, got. they're too heavy. Yeah, that, that's they're, what I've got. They're 200 grains full length, and I can't, that's even on a 190 head, that's almost 400 grains on the front, and out of my puny little 50 pound bows, I, I can't, I can't shoot that much up front. What? My, well, my 47 pound, I don't want to. I'm, I'm running... God, and this is probably a, a large part due to I, I'm shooting split and I'm basically using the same anchor I do for compound. Mm-hmm. Um, slightly shorter, but it's the same alignment on my face. Um, but that 47 pound bow, uh, the ILF. I mean, with a 708 grain arrow at 20 yards, I'm still aiming like two and a half feet below the target if I try and reference my tip. Hmm. Yeah, I think I'm going to try and do string walking. So I'm doing instinctive, but it's having played around with different methods. I'm I'm still like referencing my sight picture. And it was just something as I was playing with different arrow weights and checking speeds out of that ILF setup that I was kind of paying attention to because I don't have any muscle memory with right. brand new setups and brand new limbs. Right. And so I was like, man, like people talk about doing a 20 yard point on. I'm like, I'd have to build like a 900 grain arrow. Yeah, no, I mean you. That's that's what I was going to do for turkey because yeah. I was gonna I was gonna build like I was literally just going to make it heavy enough until my point on at three under was was that. Yeah. Uh, but I've been messing around with string walking a little bit, and man, if I feel like I am way more accurate if I string walk to get to twenty yards yeah. versus just going three under so, and then making it heavy enough to get to 20 yards. And it's not the trajectory. It's me being able to look down the arrow, yeah, like a shotgun yep. barrel it yep. makes it so much easier for me. So here's a question for you. And this might be, we might want to just save this for a whole other topic, but I have not messed with string walking. I mm-hmm. really am intrigued with the idea. I like the concept, mm-hmm. but what happens to, to broadhead flight when you're changing your 
where you're pulling that string. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> that That's always been like, I know guys that do it and I don't know if they, you know, are, are just, I mean, they all typically run larger feathers because that's what right. they've always done. And so like, it's something that I, I've been meaning to like reach out to Cody, Cody about. Yeah. To go. Okay. So, I mean, I'm typically running smaller feathers. If I try and string walk, like, is this going to be a huge issue? Like, because in my mind, damn it, Garrett, you're so fired (laughs) in my head. I'm going, man, if I change my, you know, my knocking point by a 16th of an inch, it affects my bear shaft. Yeah. So this is so like if I'm like the knocking point isn't changing, but I in my head and this is probably the compound side of me and tuning. If I'm pulling from a different spot, I'm essentially changing the timing. Like the 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 knock travel is going to change. And so it could be perfect in one spot. But if I move to a different spot, it's going to be off. In my yeah. head. No, that's I, I I understand what you're saying. This is a good question for Cody. We need uh Well or, or that's it's on my list of things to, to check. Right now I'm fine tuning those ILF limbs and that's one thing that I want to play with this summer is seeing what that actually looks like and just running a bear shaft and going, Okay, yeah. what actually is happening? So how are you uh so you got your ILF prototype set from Sam? Yep. How are you? Uh, and what what riser did you get? A trad tech of some type, right? Yeah, I got a trident. Uh, trident. Trad tech. Okay. Trident. Um, it's like a, a gray and black wood grain. It actually it, it looks at least I think that it looks awesome with the carbon fiber limbs. Yeah, well, it looks um, very pretty. Yeah, and it's uh, comfortable grip. I, I'm very happy with it. Um. The the limbs, I I guess, for clarity's sake, this is my first multi-piece traditional bow. I have never mm-hmm. owned a takedown. I have never owned an ILF before. I have had nothing but single, you know, one-piece bows. So this was a, an entirely new experience for me uh, with having to actually you know, fine tune and mess with tiller and not be able to just string my bow, check the bracelet and go start shooting. Um, so it's, I've been fine tuning that. And that's, uh, I sent that video to earlier tonight and I think I've got, I think I've got the limbs about where I want them. Um, but I mean, it is quiet clean on the shot and mm-hmm. I mean right now I mean I was walking back to 20 and with when I within a handful of shots I was taking like a shot at at like 10 15 and 20 just on repeat just walking back not taking repetitive shots at a single distance and within a handful of rounds I was already getting pretty consistent but I mean that's a 
47 pound limb, 708 grain arrow, and it's in. It's I guess I, I have to double check it now that I I adjusted the tiller again, but uh, the other night it was at like 156, 157, and at, at least for me. And what's the arrow weight? Seven hundred and eight. Um, and so I mean, if, at least for me, for I haven't. I guess another first is that this is my first trad bow below fifty pounds. Right. Um, How do you like that? So, so comfortable. <laughs> like I can shoot this thing for hours, and like my fingers don't get sore. Like I shoot my sixty. Well, the sixty-five pound bear that I picked up. Um, is 71 at my draw. And I mean, I've shot league with that. I can, I have no issue. I mean, I, I shot, I did 30 shots with the 70 pound bear. And then I went back and I did another 30 shots with my 80 pound compound. And then I went home and I did another hour with, the 47 pound ILF. So it's like endurance wise, I don't have a concern, but like your fingers just, at least for me, like my fingers just start getting sore. Right. And so like for longer practice sessions, 47 pounds has just been like a dream. Oh, I bet. And oddly enough, it's not it's not all that different speed than that that bear um it's like we kind of mentioned this before but i'm i'm hoping i picked up a few feet per second correcting the tiller um but it's 23 pounds 24 pounds different draw Mm -hmm. weight the arrows are like three grains different Mm -hmm. between the two builds and we're talking like 10 to 12 feet per second. Wow. So, I mean, at least inside of 20, 10 to 12 feet per second isn't super noticeable. No, like it's not. The, I definitely like if if I go into a long round with the ILF and then I pick up and I just instinctively shoot the bear, I, I hit high. What's the spine that you have to use on ILF? 300? Uh, with the 47-pound limbs? Yes. Those are 350s. Wow. With 400 up front. Gracious me. Is it trimmed at all? No, full length. Jeez. What arrow? Um, Some old uh, V-forces that I had. Okay. So they're... 31 inches long yeah i guess i haven't even checked okay um, i want to say it's like 31 or 31 and a half gotcha um that's i literally i have a box full of arrows from different setups that i've used and then don't have a use for anymore yeah and that's i started with 400 spine full length and uh then went to the 350s and settled on those. Um, 
and that's with it being, you know, center cut, you you don't need as much flex. Right. And so that's the 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 bear I'm running a 300 spine. Mm. And that's got similar weight up front. Um but again that's center cut but it's like 23 pounds heavier. Yeah. Yeah, I'm kind of curious what my what this will end up tuning to on uh my limbs that'll be close to 50 pounds because these renegades are 32 and a half inches long and I'll be at 315 on the front, I think ish. So I'm hoping that they'll run full length, but we'll see. Yeah. And that's saying you're, you're a few inches shorter on draw than me. Oh, that's true. I keep forgetting that. I've I'm, I'm drawing. That's, with the, Close to thirty with, inches with, with I the guess. forty-seven pound. I have definitely. I, I need to work on my consistency. Um, but it's typically about twenty-nine and three quarters. Hmm. Um, that's if I actually. Uh, verify. Draw. Um, yeah. Like my compounds, I shoot thirty. But it's. Typically, like twenty nine and a half to twenty nine three quarters. Yeah. Is if I if I do a random draw check, that's where it it comes out. Hmm. Yeah. Garrett, but, you have anything set up for your uh, your Satori with your what do you have Max fours? Yeah. Nope, sure don't. Yeah. I feel like you need to get on that. Yeah, I mean, I've got two compounds that I need to make right again. Well, yeah. need to finish the 80-pound build, which I think we're going to do. Austin and I are going to try to figure out string lengths for it to make it the right poundage this weekend. Yeah. Nice. And then nice. he should be building my strings, my new strings for my other bow soon. Next few days what or so. What My 70-pound one. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. They should be pretty cool. So you cool think you're going to hunt? You, are you going to hunt with the 80, you uh, think? We'll see how it goes once I start shooting it and get it shooting, but... I'd like to. Yeah. But my new strings like for my at least hand bow should look pretty drop cool. Drop it down. Yeah. Yeah, they're going to be buckskin with red servings. Should Ooh, look pretty neat. That'd be nice. That'd be interesting. That'd be sharp. Yeah. But I'm into that. Yeah, I mean, I'd like to hunt with 80 pound. And I'll probably, I mean, I always take both with me regardless. So yeah. once I get it all set up, we'll see which one I'm able to stay more consistent with yeah so what you're saying is i need a backup compound uh, i mean we've between dave and i i'm sure that we'll have plenty that we could set up for you if something goes wrong <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's you're probably not wrong but then we'd have to like leave and go somewhere and that'd be well i mean pain. i have a press dave has a press we have all sorts okay, well, of stuff Normally, when I go to Dave's for elk season, I plan on being there for a month or a month and a half, like every weekend. Plus, when I'm not mm-hmm. there, you know, when we go there and we're actually hunting for the week. So, right. you should be fine. Okay, well, fine. I was just trying to get a new bow out of the day. I mean, yeah, sure. <laughs> shoot, 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 shoot me down. Uh, Sure. Yeah. Matt's wife, if you're listening, like he needs a backup bow. <laughs> there you go. Much <laughs> better. 
mean, I saw somebody else today post on the on the Dart and Owners page, and another Maverick popped up for three hundred bucks. It's calling your name, Matt. Dude, it well, he said like, I'm thinking about buying this Maverick for three hundred. You're like, is it worth like, it? Where is it? No, you're like, yeah, I was, I was like, no, <laughs> no not worth let, it. But you should tell me uh, uh, where. Yeah, 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 tell me where it's at. Where are you getting that from? <laughs> oh man, I'd feel kind of bad. <laughs> not really. I never, I never should have sold that bow. Same. I just if it had been if it had been another color, yeah. I never would have sold Honestly, it. Honestly, that was the main I, reason I sold I, it to you is because I hated. I hate. I hate that color of cryptic. Cryptic. Yeah. I don't mind I the that color the cryptic. is it the typhoon cryptic or whatever the black yeah. one. Yeah, typhoon. That one's the fine. One. I yeah. like that one, but the tan cryptic is just awful. Yeah, I don't everything like about it, it is I don't awful. Like it at all. Yeah. And apparently you can order heavy 70s is what Darton calls them. And he said they'll they'll come out to like 75 to 77. Oh, mama. So, yeah. <sighs> too little too late, I guess. <laughs> Until I find another one. But but that's the thing is they pop up all the time for 300 bucks. Just all over the place. No, they don't. I, mean, I feel like I should buy. Th- yeah, they do. No, I never see them. It's, but dude, even the new ones like the XTs will pop up. Uh-oh. For like four hundred, but I want a map too. That bow was an anomaly for how fast it was and the specs you got out of it. The thing was stupid. Crazy bow. Can you guys hear me? Crazy bow. Oh, there we are. Yeah, I can. We can oh, hear you. My thing cut out on my end for a minute. Oh well, <sighs> shit. Well, quit doing. Sorry. That. Yeah, don't do that. I uh, yeah, I never see them. Never see them pop pop up. Yeah. Well, when I was look, looking for my permanent bow, it was uh, I saw a couple of them pop up and I was like, man, I feel like I should just buy it again. Mm. But and well, it is what it is. Um, well, how is your spring season gone? You've been hunting stuff, but um, you've been you've been you've been gone. Like You've been in the mountains, so we haven't been talking much over the weekends. Yeah, I mean. It's been okay. A little bit of shed hunting. I've tried to kill a turkey at Dave's, but that never works. But I haven't really tried that hard. I just kind of sure. like see them, and then I'm like, oh, I should probably try to run around this hill and try to kill one, and then they don't come in. So, yeah, that's the story of turkeys yeah. right there. Um, bear season. We've only been out once for the weekend, and one guy shot one in like right outside of camp. But other than that pretty uneventful but i think we're going memorial day weekend and there's going to be a lot less snow and a lot more green and sunlight so hopefully i'll get something killed that weekend yeah i know when i was talking to adam about hunting in idaho he was saying to that we would go in june so there wouldn't be any snow Mm. and i was like what and he was like yeah that's that's just how things work out here (laughs) so (laughs) it's pretty crazy to me so when i think can of they like still, no snow i'm like can they still hunt like in colorado in june uh no we're it was idaho oh idaho the bear season runs yeah. through june in idaho i think so <laughs> i yeah i rem- i distinctly remember him saying a month where i was like that is the summer that is not spring yeah i i mean our season ends the 31st of may because they start to rut in june Let's find out. Big game seasons. At least I think they run in June. Rules. Black bear seasons. Black bear seasons through June. 
fifth. Oh. No, oh, that's to apply. No, just kidding. Just kidding. Nope. Nope. That's not it. Mm-hmm. Uh, June thirtieth. Oh yep. wow. Huh. June fifteenth. Uh, man, some places are uh, through July thirty first. I wish ours would go to that. Yeah. Kill all sorts of big boars. Yeah, they've got different depending on the units. June fifteenth, June thirtieth, July thirty first. There's a couple at May thirty first, so it's probably just depending on how much snow is in those units. I would guess. Hmm. Hmm. Wild. Yeah. Well, I I need to kill a bear. A bear is sh- on my short list of things oh, to do in like the next the next two years. It's neat. It's common. Yeah. I have buy a, your bear tag when you come I, here. We might get lucky. Think so. Yeah. Just buy one. Our bear, our bear tag, like, our out of state bear tags. There, like the ones where they're like forty bucks or something, like sixteen dollars or something like that. Oh yeah, I'll buy, I'll buy that for sure. Should I buy a muley tag? Do you think? Uh, no. no. Okay. No, I mean, I think Dave and I are both pretty well sworn off on shooting young bucks anymore, just because there's not enough deer here. Oh. But I mean, if we find a good size one, one of us will go after it. But I wouldn't spend the however many like they're like so, how yeah, much are they i want to say it's like five i want to say out of states five oh yeah bucks. definitely no no don't buy one <laughs> not worth <Okay>. that <laughs> i'll double check i'm pretty sure because i remember looking at it and i was like that would cost a lot yeah that's hunting license is 172 bears 16 dollars a deer is 443 dollars so Nope. Yeah, just stick nope, with nope. the. You guys have bighorn sheep there, apparently. Yeah. I've sent you pictures of them. Yeah. I was no, say those are those were barberries, weren't they? I've sent you pictures of both. Oh, okay. <laughs> I didn't know that you had sent bighorn sheep. Oh, yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah, I did. Just kidding. I remember now. Definitely did. But uh, yeah. Well, okay, Garrett, <laughs> get it. <laughs> I was wrong. I'm sorry. But yeah, um, uh, bear tag, sixteen fifty. Definitely buy one of those. Yeah. And uh, you don't need to buy those. a cougar tag because we'll just shoot the cougar and tag it ourselves. But those well, are also sixteen fifty. But I've never seen a cougar close enough to kill one, so I wouldn't bother. Yeah. That'd be uh that'd be quite the experience. Mm-hmm. Did you see the video last year? That guy that shot, uh, he shot that cougar from like 10 feet away, Mm-mm. like through the chest. Dude. Was, and, well, he, he, the video, I'm sorry. I, I, I should have prefaced this with, he didn't video the kill. He like video, like he got his phone out right after it happened and was like, so this just happened. And like cougar was stalking him happened to have his bow with him, turn around Shot it from like 10 feet and the cougar ran like 20 yards and died. Hmm. It was crazy. Blood everywhere. It was the most insane thing I've ever seen. Hmm. I don't remember that. Looked like a murder scene. I'll see if I can find it. But uh, yeah, anyway. Well, I'm not going to try and... what Austin had to shoot his buddy's bear. Well, his buddy and and him had to shoot a bear that uh, was about ready to charge them. Oh, yeah. I saw that he doubled. So what happened? Yeah. So his buddy and him, well, his buddy shot the first one and then they went down to like, you know, 
recover it or whatever, and they walk up to it right. real slow. Austin has clock 20. His buddy has Austin's 300. And, mm-hmm. you know, they they get close. They're looking at it. Doesn't move, like not moving. Doesn't look like it's breathing. And then, like, they got close enough or something, and it finally stood up, and Austin shot it in the head, and the other dude shot it in the chest with a 300, and that killed it pretty quick, but... Damn. Definitely some pucker factor going on there. Yeah, no kidding. So, but they only shot one bear. No, Austin shot So, they, I don't know if they went down and just, like, tagged that one or whatever, or if they got it all cut up. I don't think they had gotten it cut up yet, but Austin looked, like, across the draw or whatever and saw the bear that he ended up killing, but they had to Hmm. haul ass up and over to get to where it was, so they were close enough to shoot it, but. Yeah. So they doubled. But yeah. Nice. Wild state of events. Very jealous. I'm glad that my string yeah, builder man. didn't get killed. That'd been unfortunate. Yeah. That <laughs> would have been super <laughs> very true. Super sad. Dangerous games, uh I guess I guess I mean Black <laughs> that, Bear that. if they if they get pissed <clears throat> enough, they'll they'll mess you up. I mean if it's I mean a wounded bear will definitely kill you. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. A bear actually just attacked a guy not too far outside of Portland, I think. I can't remember where exactly it was, but a guy was walking his dog or something somewhere, and the dog went after a bear that it, like, saw the bear, went after the bear, and then the bear started attacking the dog, and then I'm assuming that the guy tried to get the dog away from the bear, and then the bear went after the guy, too. Mm. Non-life-threatening injuries, but, you know, getting attacked by a bear is never fun, I would assume. Yeah, it doesn't sound... Doesn't sound like a good time, yeah. I would I would suppose. Huh. Well, I didn't know that uh that had transpired with Austin. Yeah. That's pretty uh I don't know if I was supposed to talk about that, but if not, sorry Austin. Well, <laughs> you can tell him that he has until until tomorrow afternoon to uh tell me to edit it out. Nah, I'll just and, get, uh, let it be a surprise. Alright. Oh great. <laughs> Austin's gonna Austin's gonna get arrested because of something we were talking no, definitely about. Definitely not. He didn't do anything wrong. He's fucking protecting himself. No, yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> oh, I know. There I know. there should be zero concern with yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's funny. Um Yeah, that's uh so uh, I, I have a quick question and then we'll we'll wrap this one up unless there's anything else you guys want to talk about. I don't even remember Did... what all we've talked about now, so yeah, I don't either. Um, uh, so did you, did he end up using that, uh, that new string material for your, or is he going to use the new string material for your, uh, strings on your, uh, triple X? No. Well, I don't know about that one. He's not on my, for my 70 pound one. He's just going to use 452. He hasn't gotten the, gotcha. he hasn't gotten the build process down for that stuff yet, which I told him he's mm. more than welcome to use me as a guinea pig, but. Right. Um, I don't know. I think I'll probably just have him build it out of 452. That's fair. But no. What's the name of the other material again? Because it's a newer uh, material. Bloodline Vec 99. Vec 99. Yeah. There we go. He said it's. Sounds he cool. said it seems cool really colors. tough, but like they put too much of the like the special coating that's you know that's the special thing about that is it has some sort of a coating on it and you're not ever supposed to need mm-hmm. to put wax on it and it's supposed to be more durable and all that but he said that yeah. whatever that stuff is is so slick he couldn't keep it on the posts when he was building that it kept slipping off 
So Whoa. he's trying to figure that out. I think he got it. He did build a couple sets out of it that he figured it out. He was able to figure something out with like tape or something, but he was trying to figure out what exactly, like how exactly to build with it. And he hasn't done that yet. So, hmm. yep. Interesting. They had some cool colors. Mm-hmm. I liked, I liked what they had, but cause he, uh, he said, if you want me to build it out of this, I can. I was like, I don't care, man. Like you do what you want. And he ended up saying we're going to do four fifty two X. Yeah. So. I think that was after he tried it for the first time and got frustrated, but I'm sure yeah. he'll figure it out eventually. Yeah. Well, I don't, uh, he is, uh, I didn't know him in, uh, Mosher with that were like that good of friends. Yeah, they talk like, all the time. They were tight where they yeah. both bounce all sorts of stuff off each other. Yeah. Well, and you know where Mosher learned all of his Frankenbo stuff from, I don't so, actually. Yeah. Oh, well, it's the guy that's done 40 wake builds, man. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> God damn it. Oh, that guy, <laughs> that guy. Yeah. The king of Frankenbo's. Didn't you know? Son of a bitch. <laughs> On that note, <laughs> let's wrap this thing up. Is there anything else? Uh, going going through my notes, I think we touched on everything we had thought about talking about. Sorry we didn't talk about anything, but we had to put an episode together. Turkey season is horrible. See, I'm I sorry. Like I thought we were going to have content where I was going to like tell people about all these turkeys I slayed, and then turkeys don't exist anymore. So it is what it is. See, I think yeah. the only thing we didn't really talk about was... Um, test kits didn't we were saying we were going to talk about that a little bit but oh yes we yeah, did if we wanted to um, I, wa- I want to spend more time talking about that because yeah. your paper when I breezed over it the first time I was Eric's, like okay oh like, Rob and Eric's paper I kind of get it yeah, yeah Rob I didn't Eric's read paper. through it fully I pulled it up and I was gonna read through it slackers but, yeah yeah but then the second time I, I read just, it I was like oh that makes a lot of sense I just don't so, I don't do it that way so I didn't really feel the need to read it <laughs> yeah 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 and that's where like the the two papers that Eric and I put together recently on um you know, potential issues with finding spine with, I guess, the the test kit that's been becoming more and more popular with swapping points and um, so like taking your existing shaft or taking a shaft and using a variety of points to see which ones get a bullet hole in paper. They're are underlying concerns with that method. It it can work very well as long as all the bases are covered, right? And so it's just kind of a, uh, for guys that are just getting into this and that's their introduction, kind of a, hey, watch out for this stuff, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I think that that one and then the spine paper that we did um, could definitely be uh, a, a episode on its own. Yeah. Um, yeah. And maybe if we can ever convince I'm, Eric to come back on here, he won't. Yeah. <laughs> he's going to have to be drunk. <laughs> I mean, well, we can, we can, can be arranged because that's, it is hilarious. He's worse than Corey. <laughs> like he will talk your ear off. And then you you say that oh we're recording and yep. <laughs> yes. 
Yeah. Silence. Zips up. <laughs> yeah. So well, I do, we'll do want to, I do want to expand on, on I do, I do want to expand on, on those topics. So, but let's, let's save those. Yes. Yeah, we'll, we'll table those. That's there's yeah. a, there's a whole mess of stuff in the works right now that will probably yeah. be, um, a ways down the road. There's a lot of legwork to get done. On, yeah, for sure. What Eric and I are are playing with right now, but yeah, um, there's some good stuff coming. We'll we'll be putting some more stuff out, and uh, yeah, we'll we'll definitely be talking about it. Yeah. Sick. By the way, in case pe- people haven't seen it, and I'll just I'll leave on this. Uh, the Asheville Hunting Foundation is now partnered with FAZA, the yes. Professional Hunters Association of South Africa. So. Which I'm gonna I'm gonna text Rob tomorrow and see if he wants to come on and talk about it and what that actually means because it's a it's a very big deal. That's a huge uh, deal. Yeah, I mean yeah. that is a critical organization over there. Yeah, that I mean is, is a huge part of the conservation effort. Is a huge part of the ethical hunting movement. You know, for for bow hunting especially. Right. And I mean having them on board with the ABF is, is a great step forward. Yep. Yep. It's going to be huge. It's going to make a really, really big impact in South Africa. So, cause that's, I mean, for those who don't know, like South Africa is basically like the landing zone for everybody that wants to start hunting in Africa. Like very rarely do they not start in South Africa mm-hmm. just because everything mm-hmm. is there. You can hunt anything there. And, Seems like that's the uh, easiest, it, just the easiest place for access to. It is. It's yeah, because you yeah. can just fly right into Johannesburg, and then it's a couple hour drive at most to go wherever you're going, mm-hmm. and and then you're you're there, uh, and it's it's very you know safe. There's no there's no problems in South Africa, yeah. um, for the most part, anyway. Uh, Comparatively, but, yeah, yeah, compared to if you're going to you know. Central African Republic to try and hunt something there, which uh, my buddy Adam guided in and exchanged gunfire with poachers, which is super fun. Uh, man, I want to I want to get on and get him on episode so bad. That guy has so many crazy stories, mm. uh, but he's uh, he's busy being a dad now, so I guess that's important. So whatever, yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, it changes so f- things. Yeah, oh, I bet, I bet. So anyway, yeah, I'm gonna text Rob. We're gonna try and get him on. Uh, I'm gonna, I guess, I'll, I'll just kind of leave on on a couple of like uh, possible episodes that are coming up. Cody Greenwood, Travel Lab, and I are gonna sit down. And we're gonna talk about a couple things and hopefully record them. So that's happening. Um, I'm gonna try and get Dennis Harper on the uh, guy from. He's the current president for Compton Traditional Bowhunters. Uh, he's a local guy to me. Um, super cool guy, like super, super cool guy. So, uh, might be like a bit of a trad takeover here for, for a hot second, but, uh, I need to, I need to get my compound figured out too, since Garrett won't let me come to Oregon with a recurve. So yeah. Whatever. No, not happening. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta shoot, anyway. you gotta shoot one or the other before you can decide to bring it out here anyway. So yeah, get your well, shit together, I mean, guy. I ha- I have been shooting the recurve. It's been a thirty-eight eight pound recurve, but <laughs> I, don't, uh, I don't know nah. if either of us are comfortable enough to let you take that after an elk. <laughs> I mean, I bet Sam's could get it done. Well, yeah, I that's true. It would. 
It's faster than most 45-pound limbs. That's a good point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, all right, well, we'll call this one uh, good. Thanks, everyone, for hanging out and listening for our hour-and-a-half ramble that uh, probably made no sense at all and was completely incoherent. Hopefully uh, appreciate you, you sticking around. Hopefully they like listening to us talk. Yeah, well, because that's, that's what you're getting. So thanks yeah, for sticking around. Yeah, that's that's yeah. This is what you get with us. So, <laughs> thanks for sticking around. Until next time, uh, stay lethal and disrupt the status quo. Mm-hmm.